you have your Bible, take your Bible, lift it up with me and say this after me. Lord Jesus, influence me this morning. Holy Spirit, I pray that even though we are in the midst of changes, Father, you never surprised by us. You know this all and you are in this process and you will continue to be glorified. And I pray, Father, this morning, the words that comes out of my mouth will be yours and will reach to your people so that they will be blessed in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right. What I'm going to share is actually something very common. We all know it here, but don't discern it in our heart. So with the title, maybe you can write it down. It's called Discernment versus Suspicion. That's what it means. Discernment versus suspicion. What does that mean? The Holy Spirit is actually a spirit of Jesus. Jesus came to reveal Father. Trinity works for us. Father created us. Son redeemed us. Holy Spirit dwells in us. This is how Trinity. Father created us. Son redeemed us. Holy Spirit dwells in us. So the address of God is no more a church or a synagogue, a mosque or temple. The address of God is your heart. Thambi, what's your name? Jeremiah. That's the address of God. If Jeremiah asks where God dwells, it's the address of God. I believe you in a very young age you said yes to Jesus and that's what made God to come and dwell here. So, when God gives his spirit, he also gives the gifts. There are Basically, nine gifts, we read it in 1 Corinthians 12. And then in Romans 12 also, we read another seven gifts. And then in Ephesians 4, we have the office gifts. So you have this paraplu, which is a French word for umbrella, the paraplu of office gifts. The office gifts are five office gifts. Everybody has got that office gifts, but in a different order. So the Ephesians 4, verse 11 says like this, some are given are apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. This is, this is like a hand. Apostles, this is the thumb finger. If you like food, you show this one. Seven spice, this one. You know, you like thumb finger. And if you want to show direction, you show your finger at, you know, the pointing. This is the prophet. And the third finger, I'm not mad at anyone. And uh, it's the finger that is above all the other fingers, which is the evangelist finger. And then this is the pastor finger, which is, takes care of the body. And then if you want to make sure your ears uh, wipe your ears, clear your ears, you use your pinky finger. And this is a finger that tells you to hear the word of God clearly. They are teachers. So this is the office. Everyone has their gifts, but in a different order. So my gift ordering may be apostolic. God uses me also in a prophetic way. But my most important thing God uses me is in the teaching gift. I share things in a way people can understand easily. But Pastoral is not my stronger, evangelist is not my strength, you know. So, but maybe some of you may have a stronger gift, like for example, Jija, God has given her the evangelistic spirit. She will meet someone, boom, share about Jesus. She has nothing to hold on. For example, Dr. Roshni, prophetic anointing. It's just opens her mouth, anointing. Some of her good in, in pastoral, like Merlin, she's got that pastoral heart, the compassionate. It's each one's umbrella could be different, but we are all one. That's why together brings a hand to serve. First Corinthians 14 says that all these gifts are for three things, edification, encouragement, and comfort. Can we say those? Edification, encouragement, 
comfort. Okay, that's called the office gifts. And then comes down, it's called spiritual gifts. I don't like the word spiritual gift because in the mind of God there is no sacred secular. I call them charismatic gifts. And that's where we read in 1 Corinthians 12, all those gifts. So the gift of word of knowledge, wisdom, faith, healing, working of miracles, prophecy, discerning of spirit, tongues, interpretation of tongues. Uh, 1 Corinthians 12. This is what I call charismatic gifts. They call it spiritual gifts. Many churches emphasize only this, but not the other practical gifts, which is in Romans, it says Romans 12, 4 to 8, there are seven gifts are there. If you look at that gift, nobody even realized these are from the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Only for example, service, exhortation, giving, leadership, mercy, helping, and then administration. And for example, mercy is like you buy someone a cup of chai on a street, a homeless fellow. You know, for example, administration. Somebody is good in numbers. They take care of all the bills and everything. There's somebody who's good in, you know, for example, service. Every time when service is over, we always have some people come and bring us. And somebody takes volunteer. Like, for example, Justin would always go and say, let me go and grab this. It's like a service heart. You know, it's nobody gives us title for it, but it's just a service heart. These gifts why it's given, let me quote this one. It's not from me, it's from Reynard Bonke. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are not medals of honor, but they are tools for the job. Amen? The gifts of the Holy Spirit, can we say this? The gifts of the Holy Spirit are not medals of honor, but tools for the job. What does that mean? All these gifts are given for the body of Christ. So when I am serving, I am serving the body of Christ. When I am doing administration, I am, I am doing it for the body of Christ. Administration are called managers. Okay, leadership are visionaries. Somebody dreams it and somebody executes it. You need both of them. You can't just have the dreamers in the church. It's going to be just daydreaming. Or you can't just have managers. They won't take a risk of faith. Step of, you need both of them. So you need managers, you need leaders, you need administrators, you need executors, you need risk takers. All those gifts are given to each one of us. That's why we call ourselves body of Christ. What is a body of Christ? That means together we reflect the one who gave us the body. His name is Jesus. Amen? All right. Okay. So if you look at the nine left, I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm going to pick only one gift today because I want to highlight one spirit that we sometimes encountered but we have not really dealt with that. It's the spirit, I will come to that in a minute, but we will talk about the discerning of spirits. Discerning of spirit is very important. Why? Because this gift is given for the body of Christ to discern what spirit are we encountering. Let me backdrop a little bit. And I will explain to you why I say this because we are a spirit. We have a soul and we live in a body. The world says you don't have a spirit. You All you have is a soul. The body, whatever, ask, let the soul give, eat, be happy, die. That's it. Katam ho gaya. Hello? But the spirit is important. There are three kinds of spirits are there. God's spirit human spirit and devil spirit. In the devil spirit, there's tons of them are there, but we're going to highlight one spirit is called Jezebel spirit. You might have heard about Jezebel spirit. There are two things when you need to understand about Jezebel spirit. First Kings 19, there is a person called Jezebel. And the Revelation 2.20 says, there is a spirit of Jezebel. 
by the way i want to stop here and make it a very big declaration when i mention jezebel spirit is nothing to do with women hello when i say jezebel spirit is nothing to do with you women or a strong personality women hello lots of men think like that she is jezebel brother i mean what do you mean she never submits to me hello that's not a jezebel spirit that basically means you have issues in your marriage let me make that very clear because this is a topic very sensitive okay why we need to address this because i'll give you list because some of my friends went through this and they didn't know why they have gone through this and if you notice i'm going to give you like little bit clues to find out and then i will also explain in such a way how can you overcome this spirit and live a victorious life that's where we are going but let me go back a little bit and explain why this devil comes to the body of christ and targets christians three reasons very simple the first reason the work of the enemy is to torment and torture what is it torment and torture so what he does he comes with a lie remember lie does not have a power until you believe it okay if i believe a lie that means what i'm giving is i'm giving authority to the inventor of lie whose name is liar so when i believe in a lie i empower a liar so the way enemy comes inside he comes inside and gives you a thought that's why we have the helmet of salvation okay so he comes and gives you a thought and he says jeremiah i don't think you can be successful boom you sit with that thought and you are thinking yeah you see i failed last quarter now i'm failing my life is going to be failure failing does not mean failure failing does not mean final failing does not mean fatal failing does mean we are learning amen make sense so when you believe that lie what you are doing you are giving actually a legal right to that person to say come now let the lie become the truth what happens when you believe the truth the truth of the enemy holds you in a place where you are bounded not free that's why in the stage of christianity there are three stages captivity deliverance and freedom that means you are bound with a lie god sets you free and you are delivered and you are walking in the freedom god's goal for us is to walk in freedom not just living in messed up broken life that's never the agenda of god people sometimes say i think god has put me in this place no James says God never puts people into temptation it's us our choices have destinies okay so what happens is in the discernment spirit we have to understand the role of the enemy the role of the enemy first is what torment torture okay through lies second if you are coming out of that okay i don't have that all right what he does is he stops people to know jesus have you ever asked someone why don't you come to church and they usually say a wonderful lame excuse my car broke down or my cat had a diarrhea some weird excuse have you ever encountered why they will say next sunday brother next sunday but again sunday what happens something 
you know, pimple on the face or whatever. Some weird expression they will say. What is that? It is the work of the enemy to stop that person to know Jesus. Hello? If you're taking notes, take notes. If you're not taking notes, take notes. Because these are things to understand in our heart. First one, torment and torture. Second one, it, it stops people to know Jesus. Okay, now maybe you both, all of us here, maybe you overcome these two things. The third one is the very subtle one. Are you ready? The third one it says, even if you overcome these two, what enemy does is, he stops you not to know the full purpose of God's plan in your life. How does he do? Through distraction. Hello? This is the number one thing I have faced it in my life. Distraction. What is distraction? That you don't focus on the very thing that you are called to do. You are distracted. Distraction does not mean all the time bad, evil stuff. Distraction means it could be even good, but it's enemy of the best. Are we learning something here? Yes. So this is the biggest trap of the enemy. Distracted. Distracted. You know how many times you watch one video on Facebook app and then keep going. Anybody? Slight witness? You can do like Indian style. Yes? Hello? It's like, and then you looked at the watch like, wow, one minute video has turned into 31 minutes. What happened? Distraction. It's the real attack of the enemy on the body of Christ so that we will not be sober but slumber. You're just there as a zombie, Christian zombies. You're there. You know what? The enemy wants us to become nice Christians. That we will give sweets to the people in Diwali. On Christmas we share cake and we receive alwa. Yanakke alwa wa. Huh? And then for, for our Easter, we give biryani. For Bakrit, we receive biryani. This is called nice Christians. Why nice Christians? Because nice Christians are powerless Christians. They are nice. They have a good name, Arokya Sami. But he has got Pilate's patient. Hello? The name sounds good. The name is powerful. The name like Yesudas. Hello? One guy's name called Yesu Padam, feet of Jesus. But he is in Tasmak all the time. You make sense? This is the call, the distraction. And I have fallen to this trap. That's why I made a resolution in myself that man, anything that distracts me, this is the statement Suzanne Wesley made when Wesley asked mom, what is sin? Are you ready for the statement? Suzanne said, Wesley said this, Anything that distracts you from the very call of God is sin. Anything that distracts me. So for me, hanging out with a person, good guy, good person. This person is it adding value. If not, sorry. Hello? That's what the Bible says. You have to read carefully the Bible. Some of the words we usually rush it, no? The Bible says, Moses took his tent, left the crowd, pitched outside the camp. And connected with God. Hello? Jesus left the crowd, went to the mountains. Hello? You seek God, crowds follow you. You seek crowd, they will run away from you. Are we learning something here? So, 
This is called the spirit of discernment. God gives the discernment. This is the thing. The discernment is very important. The spirit gives discernment. If you don't have this Holy Spirit giving you discernment, something else comes in that place. It's called suspicion. What is suspicion? People will say, be careful. I'm very suspicious of that person. Watch. Have you heard that? Be careful. He's always smiling at you. Be suspicious. Have you heard that? Hello? What is that? That's not the discernment. Suspicion operates on the platform of fear. Hello? Discernment operates on the platform of love. Look at me. This is a very important thing. Spirit gives gifts. And the gifts has to operate on the fruit. Hello? The gifts will not operate without the platform of fruit. What is the fruit of the Spirit? Galatians 5 says, Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, meekness, faithfulness, and self-control. So this is what the fruit of the Spirit. So every time the gifts need to operate, it looks for a fruit. Prophecy, it looks for a spirit of control, self-control. Why? Because Revelation 12 says, the spirit of prophecy is subjected to the prophet. That's why I always say, Holy Spirit doesn't make you a lunatic. Holy Holy Spirit makes you to reflect others like Christ Jesus. Hello? So every time Spirit operates the gift, it looks for something called the fruit of the Spirit because they need, the fruit of the Spirit are like the landing pad. Are we understanding something here? It's like the landing pad. The gift has to land on that and launch into the body of Christ. So, if you are praying for prophecy, they need to know have self-control. You can't just push people on the floor. It doesn't land well. Hello? They get hurt. Physically, spiritually, they get hurt. It's called emotional manipulation. Hello? Are we... Yes or no? Yes. So, it always looks for a platform. So, discernment looks for a platform. It's called love. When you discern, you will... Be severe with the spirit and compassionate with the person. But suspicion does not have a platform of love. It's fear. So what happens? You will be compassionate with the spirit and severe with the person. Make sense? If I am moving in suspicion, what I will say? Oh no, watch out for this person. Watch out. And I will spread. I won't say gossip. I will say prayer request because I am a Christian, no? We don't gossip. We do prayer request. You look very holy to me. I don't think you do that. You know. But I'm just talking my own broken life. So you bring suspicion. Watch out. Next time he smiles, give him your look. Tipuri Armugam. You understand? This kind of this kind of words. Why? Because the spirit of suspicion. Bear with me. Spirit of suspicion will be severe on the person, soft on the spirit. Spirit of discernment will be compassionate on the person, but severe on the spirit. Which one you choose? The choice is yours. With that in mind, we will go and now deal with one spirit called Jezebel's spirit. All right? Can we, can we, can we jump into the word? Turn with me to First uh, Kings 19. It goes like this. Okay. Now, Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done and how he had killed and all the prophets with the sword. 
By the way, he killed not 450, he killed 850. Because the Bahals were 450 and then another 400 was the Ashroth, some kind of weird one. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, may the gods deal with me and be it ever so severely, by this time tomorrow, I do not make your life like that of one of them. One of them means the 850 is slain, you know. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left in his servant there while he himself went a day's journey into the desert. And then you know the story. He was lying there exhausted. Okay, what we are talking here? We are talking here about a spirit, not just a woman. Jezebel is actually, if you look at the history, there are three kings that conquered more land. First king, you may think, it's Solomon. It's not Solomon. It's not David. It's Ahab. Ahab was a guy who conquered more land. And one of the ways they conquer in those days is to make treaties. So they go to other place. Say for example, if a king of Arni wants to come and conquer king of Velur, what they will do if they cannot conquer by force, they will make a treaty. They will bring their girls as their wives for their sons and daughters. You understand? This is how they make treaty in those days. This is how this guy did. Ahab was conquering Sidonians. Sidonians. Sidonians are Behal worshippers. They are pagans to the core. They are very far. If you few chapters before, it gives you a description about Sidonians, Moabites. I don't want to bore you up with all those things. But it's basically they are, God said, they are detestable in my eyes. Of course, he loves everybody, but when you disavow God, you became detestable in the eyes of God. That's why God said, no Moabite cannot enter into my presence. So, what I'm trying to build up here is, Jezebel was not even willing to marry Ahab. It was given by force. And the father's name, actually I wrote down here, its name is called King uh, it's called Ethobal. King Ethobal, it's, this guy is actually a priest, but also a king. This guy said, okay, you know what? You're going to take over my land, but let me give you my daughter. And Jezebel was not even happy. Why? Because he, first of all, never even asked. And pretty much that still happens in Indian culture. We found a man for you. Hello? This is what happened. So when she came in, what happened? She came with so much bitterness, absent father, absent mother, controlling father, and a very passive husband. That is a beautiful place. The spirit Jezebel thrives. So when she came in, she said, you know what? This fellow is like a couch potato, my husband. I'm going to rule this. She brought in everybody. And the Bible says, Everyone who doesn't worship Bahal was killed. So let me go to this. Let me tell you the reasons why Jezebel spirit thrives. You need to always, that's why now we are using discernment. How do you know you have the Jezebel spirit thrives? Is a controlling father. You look at any person who is very manipulative. I'll give you six reasons why this spirit is operating in them a little bit later. But these are the three things. Controlling father, absent mother, passive husband. This is a perfect recipe for a Jezebel spirit. Look at Jezebel here. Controlling father. Never gave permission. Never asked, hey, there is a guy called Ahab. 
Do you want to marry him? Never. The Bible says, boom. That's it. There is no mother. She could never search for comfort. Mothers are for comfort. They don't, there is no mother in that picture. And then this guy is more passive, like a couch potato. He's just there. He got the land. He's sitting there. And then one guy, Naboth, the guy doesn't want to sell. Oh, I don't know. This, every land I got it, I don't get this. You see? Okay, now. Are you ready now? I'm going to go into details. I'm going to give you six things. This is very important. How do I came to this teaching? There are few years I went through this spirit attack over my life. Not from any woman. It through a man I got attacked. So that's why I went through this and I dealt with this. I didn't deal with it very well in the beginning because I didn't know. I just caught off, off guard. So I felt in my heart and then I was talking to some of our friends here in Papa's house and I felt they are dealing with these issues. So I've been praying and I felt the release to share this morning so that you can learn and identify that so that you will be severe with the spirit but compassionate with the person. Okay? Let me make the statement. Okay. First one. The first thing you will recognize with the Jezebel spirit is insecurity. This kind of people who carry the spirit of Jezebel, they are very insecure. What is insecure? They don't know who they are in Christ. So when they, they, what they do? Insecure people control. Insecure people manipulate. Insecure people try to be over dominant. Insecure people try to fix your life before fixing their life. Hello? This is not the time to look at someone. This is not the time. I thought you were, this is just you and God, okay? The Proverbs 3 says, your eyes are fixed straight forward. So, okay? So, this is not the time. But this is time to ponder. If you've been attacked by the spirit of Jezebel, these are the things. The first one is insecurity. The second one, I call it rejection. What they will do? They will outrightly reject you. How they will reject? Through abusive words or they will do by silent isolation. They will reject you. You call them, this telephone number does not exist. It's like a rejection. It's, you feel like suddenly, like a blanket, empty, cover, just no sense of you can hear their comments, nothing. Just completely, outrightly reject you. This is the spirit of Jezebel. The third one, it's pride. They are never teachable. They always know, but they never tell you, I need to know something. Hello? We are talking about a spirit here, not a person. Are we clear? So this is a spirit of pride. What is pride? No humility. What is humility? Humility means teachability. Hello? I can never grow in life if I am not teachable. The day I say, I got it all, is the beginning of my downfall. Are we clear here? So this is called the Pride. Pride says, I am better than you. They always, let me give you one example. You will be shocked when I say this. You may be just jovially talking, but this spirit person always wants to have the last word in the conversation. You give a joke, but they will say, I have a better one. Hello? What does that mean? Insecure. They don't want to feel rejected. They want to show that I have it also. 
you give one joke they will say i can top that off i have a better statement they always puffed up mentality hello puffed up they always throw one thing you have to be watchful i'm not saying all the time the people who finishes the end of the conversation are the jezebel spirit that's not what i'm saying it's the spirit that controls okay number 4 this is very interesting arrogance what is arrogance arrogant spirit is like they don't give respect to who you are they only give respect to titles above them below them you understand they will immediately you you will see this their boss will come they will change faces with you you are working for them it's like two face hello is the sense of arrogance or are we learning something here okay yes no like this yes okay number 5 i need to rush through because the goal is not to dwell here the goal is how to deal with this number 5 it's manipulation what is manipulation manipulation always is half baked truth they won't tell you the whole truth it's half baked truth you know i love you but actually they don't finish it they love you if you do this hello it always comes with a little strings attached have you seen this ads emi just pay 1 rupee and take a tv 55 inch tv have you seen that on the road 1 rupee pay 1 rupee go with come with 1 rupee go with your furniture but then there is a little star we never read that little star because we say twinkle twinkle little star but we never read that little star the little star says subjection and conditions apply what is that condition means you will be my slave for the next 3 years hello this is called manipulation they tell you what you need to hear once you are inside their net that's it think about it these are relationships you might have faced it last but not the least is control what is control control basically does not mean giving you advices they don't like the fact you choose something else other than their desired option it's like henry ford was sitting on a big board meeting they were discussing about colors they want to make different colors of ford because people in those days this was in the 50s this in states they were making big big trucks but all in black and henry ford walks inside the room they were discussing and he asked what's the problem they said we were thinking about different colors because there are girls also wants driving this big trucks they don't like black they like gray silver they like the burgundy colors and henry ford puts his notes down sit down and he says okay gentlemen you can paint any color you want as long as it's black and he walked out that is the beginning of volkswagen all the toyota german cars japanese cars entered american market today if you drive ford it's like you're driving ambassador in, in india if you drive ambassador now people will come intercede for you pray for you they will pray for deliverance over your life you can call yourself i am ambassador of christ but not thala mashand you know that's the same thing if you drive ford i have rented cars in america when they give me a ford key i give it back to them please give me something else oh you are indian no they will say yeah i need asian cars i would rather trust a toyota 
Because you don't know when it's going to stop. You have no clue. It's like an ocean. You keep fixing ambassador, you will be emptying your wallet, but something is still missing in ambassador. That's the thing. It's the spirit of control. It says, my way or no way. These six things, you can see it in every Jezebel spirit person. Now, my question is this. Okay. This Jezebel spirit operated, let's look at this verse. Let's look at one more verse. Okay. Turn with me to the last book of the Bible, Revelations chapter 2, verse 20. This is a very fabulous verse. Okay. Revelation chapter 2. By the way, revelation is not revelation of demon, it's a revelation of Jesus Christ. Okay? Some people read revelation and then they think it's worse than conjuring. No. <laughs> it's not the revelation of demon. This is not a scary book. Hello? This is about Jesus. Okay. He talks to the seven churches. There is one church, Revelations 2.20. Let me read. So it says, but I have this complaint against you. Who is talking? The Holy Spirit is talking. But before that, verse 19. Can you read verse 19? I know your deeds, your love and faith, your service and perseverance, and that you are now doing more than you did at first. Nevertheless, but I have this complaint against you. You are permitting that woman, that Jezebel, who calls herself a prophet, who lead my servants astray, who teaches them to commit sexual sin and eat food offered to idols. Okay, what is the spirit of Jezebel? The spirit of Jezebel, actually, we saw the root of this, but the spirit of Jezebel always takes you away from the original design of God. Okay, when the disciples when the Gentiles came to know Jesus, they, they said, oh, you have to become Jew. So they started circumcising people. That's why Paul writes to them, you no need to do that. You, just like Jew comes to know Jesus, he can remain Jew. We as a Gentile, all of us, comes to know Jesus, we can still remain as a Gentile. But on a conditions of four things. Do not eat animal that is strangled, any blood, any food sacrificed to idols and the fourth one was no sexual sin. Why? Polygamy was common in those days. Hello? It was even a Greek culture that adored women. They said Greeks believed women came first then came men. So there was more common. So that's why they have to write, look what is happening here. Teaches them to commit sexual sin and eat food orders to idol. That eat food orders to idol it covers the rest of the three. Animal gets strangled bled and offered to the idols. Hello? This is the spirit of Jezebel. Spirit of Jezebel adores herself and give less credit to Jesus. Hello? Every time, that spirit is very subtle. Where is the spirit came? Inside a church. Guys, God is talking to your church here. He was telling to your church, watch out for this. You have done amazing stuff. But look what you have done. You have allowed, you have tolerated. Write down this principle. Whatever you tolerate, you will never confront. Whatever you confront, whatever you confront, you will conquer. Are we learning something here? Whatever I tolerate, I will never confront. Have you ever felt that you can never tell advice to that person because you feel like that person is going to blow it up. What is that? 
It is the fear and the spirit of Jezebel. Hello? So whatever I don't tolerate, whatever I tolerate, I never confront. And whenever I confront, I have a power to conquer. Sometimes we love to be conquering, but we don't like to confront. I read this phrase. I was sharing this with Dr. Roshni yesterday. I was saying, from promise to palace, there is always a process. And I tell you, not everyone here likes the process. Process sucks. Process is horrible. Process, lot of snot. Process is gloomy. Process is boring. Process is alone. Process, no limelight. We love the palace. We love the promise. But there is a process. Why? Because this is the reason. Because when we arrive to the palace, God, through this process, helps us to have a character that helps us to sustain in that palace. Guys, cheap thrills will never give you lasting victory. Never. I have seen, I am 41 years old, I am telling you this, cheap thrills, I have taken many cheap thrills during my BC time, before Christ time, never gave lasting victory. It's just temporary relief. Hello? You get into your problem, you drink, next morning you have hangover. Hello? And to break that hangover, you go through a cycle. It's a vicious cycle. I lived a immoral life, addicted to pornography. God set me free from that. I, I told the story of my victory testimony to you guys. I am a passionate believer that in Christ, you can live a victorious life, provided if you are open for correction and accountability. Hello? That's why God takes our independence into dependence in God. Our God takes our independence and he moves us into dependence in God so that we can interdependent with one another in the body to build his kingdom. Hello? Turn to someone and say, I need you, you need me. You can't cast a flesh and disciple a demon. What does it mean? You can't just say, there are some things, it's the work of the flesh, there are some things, it's the work of the enemy. That's why we have the discernment. Hello? If you too long hang out in a barber shop, eventually you're going to get a haircut. You can't say, get behind me Satan, get behind me Satan. You are sitting in the barber shop. Hello? If you too long hang out in the bar, eventually the guy will say, drink orange juice is not enough, add a little bit. It's common sense, which is not a common practice, but this is what happens. So how do we deal with the Jezebel spirit? James gives us a wonderful principle. James actually is a brother of Jesus, but the way he writes is so beautiful. The first chapter of James, first verse, it says, I, a servant of Lord Jesus Christ. Hello? He understood, in order to lead, you have to serve. You lead with the heart of a king, heart of a servant, you serve with the heart of a king. Amen? So, he gives us a beautiful thing, James chapter 4, verse 7. Two principles, very simple principles, but it always works. It worked in my life, it's still working, and it'll always work. Why? Because the word of God will never change. Okay, first principle is called submitting to God. 
Everybody say, submitting to God. Okay, get closer to God, it says. And the more you become aware of his love, the less power temptation will have you. That means humble ourselves. What does it mean? Submission does not mean you know everything here. Hello? Submission. That's why Philippians 4, 7 says, peace that surpasses all understanding. That means sometimes it doesn't make sense here, but I choose to submit because you never give me a junk in my life. You never give me leftovers in my life. What you give is always the best in my life. Somebody said, if you leave the choice to God, he always gives the best. Amen? How do you submit? You run towards God all the time. Every time you run towards God. Every time. Joseph, that's what he did. He ran. He ran towards God. Hello? The Portipar, the Bible says, she took over his outer garment. I was thinking, what is outer garment? For Tamilian, outer garment means lungi. Amen? You understand the point? The point is he did not compromise. We sometimes compromise. He didn't say, oh sister, temptation, huh? let's pray together. Let's see what the Lord says. No, he ran. That's my challenge for you. Run towards God. How you do it? You keep saying, God, you will never. We sing the songs. What is the song? Songs are declaration of faith. Say, God, I am in trouble. This temptation. Bible says, flee from it. How do you flee? You run. You run out of that place. You run into the hands of God. Listen to me. I will tell you this one thing. God, how many times you run, God never condemns you. You can run. That's why Hebrews 4.12 says, let's run boldly to the throne of grace. Hello? This kingdom, Jezebel is another kingdom. This kingdom is a graceful kingdom. Hello? Amen? And the second principle is very important. Submit yourself before God and resist the devil. We are taught well to resist the devil. Cast the demon. Cast the demon. Cast the demon. But we are never taught to. One is to do with your personal character. Another one is to do your public ministry. I can never be successful here on the stage if I am a mess inside. Hello? On Saturday I watch junk movies. On Sunday I say Kumbaya nothing will happen. Hello? I cannot live like hell on Saturday and expect God to move like heaven on Sunday. It's never going to happen. Never going to happen. Public life, private life always needs to match. That doesn't mean I'm always holy, I don't have any temptations. No, I'm a man. I have temptations. But I run towards God. I keep my boundaries correct. I make sure I have accountable partners. I connect with people who can mentor me. Hello? Amen? So these are the two principles. Okay, now, maybe some of you here have encountered this Jezebel spirit and you have never used the fruit of the spirit and the gift of the spirit. You have used the fear and suspicion and you are very hurt. The Holy Spirit wants to release healing in your heart. If you ever felt manipulated, controlled, rejected, abused of power, God wants to bring healing in your heart. You know why? Because God's desire is to bring his glory through you to the nations. And you can never heal someone if you're never healed. 
there is a beautiful john maxwell principle says i can never give what i don't have hello we can never go and say god is going to heal your insecurity when we ourselves we don't know who we are in christ hello so i want to open this time for prayer and we can ask holy spirit to say god i need your help maybe some of you are here hurt by this jezebel spirit that's tormenting you maybe you are it came from your close family member or close friend one thing you need to do by running to god means you have to cut that relationship with that person you can't have that person still have a say over your life you have to say peacefully you no need to call say hey jezebel i'm blocking your phone <laughs> you no need to do that you just submit to god and then you say gently and there will be a season will come the holy spirit will tell you you need to open that with the heart of christ rudy lack says truth spoken not in love it's still untruth so sometime god will release you that you will go and say yes i need to confront this but before you confront you run towards god amen my prayer and prophecy to all of you you will discern not suspicion land on the platform of love not on the platform of fear and you will overcome you will see this pattern and you will deal with this amen that's why god has equipped us ephesians 6 yes he equipped us with the armor and one of the armor is the sword of god listen enemy does not care about your opinion but enemy is scared of god's opinion amen he doesn't care what you say but moment you open the word and start declaring over your life you will become victorious amen i want to pray with you all eyes closed i'll take a couple of minutes thank you jesus holy spirit i pray right now you will reveal to us father thank you for your love you know the love of god never condemns but always convicts even today if you are ever gone through this spirit of jezebel in your life you've been hurt because how they treated you how they manipulated you controlled you rejected you the holy spirit is giving you an invitation wherever you are if you are affected by the spirit i want you to do one prophetic act just stand up wherever you are i want to break that spirit of jezebel over your life no influence over your life just you and god all eyes closed